0: Thanks for listening. The following is an audio presentation from High Country Christian Church. For more information, please visit www.highcountrychristian.com. This is the way he said it to me as as we continued to have this conversation. He said, you'll never know my voice in your heart until you know my voice on the page. You'll never get to know and experience my voice in your heart until you learn what my voice sounds like on the page. And so I, I had this thought and I thought, Lord, that's not very nice of you. That's pretty crotchety telling people that you're not going to talk to them until they read your book. Like, Lord, that's, that's not very fair. That's not nice. Are you telling me, Lord, that you're withholding your voice from people until they read the Bible? And I realized, no, that's not the character of God. He's not, he's not ornery. He's not cranky. Yeah. He's not sticking it to you that because you won't read the Bible, he's not going to talk to you. The Lord's not withholding his voice. The reason that we have to know his voice in the word first is because without his voice in the word, we do not have the ability to to hear his voice in our heart. I said, Lord, give me some scripture on that. And he said, you remember Psalm 119, verse 130, says the entrance of your word gives light. Light is the environment in which we see things. You see, until we enter into a relationship with the Word of God, we will never enter into light. And until we get into light, we will just stumble in darkness trying to hear a voice and fumbling our way through life. Not getting where we need to go because we're in darkness but it's the entrance of his word that brings light. It's the entrance of his word that actually gives you and I the capacity to hear from him. Without his word, without the scripture, without the Bible in front of my eyes, I have no frame of reference for his voice. I don't even have the capacity to hear him until I've heard him on the page. So as we get into what we're going to talk about today, and as we press into what God has for us in the future, fall in love with his word. Don't just fall in love with a YouTube video of your favorite preacher. Don't just fall in love with, you know, getting, getting a message here and there. Don't just fall in love with a few things from your devotional. Fall in love with this word. You actually have to read the Bible because you're a Christian, It's expected of you that you read the Bible because you're saved. If you don't know his general will here, you'll never know. I'll never know. We'll never know his specific will for us when he speaks. Amen? That's not my message today at all. But it is very good. I want you to understand that in this church, we value the Word. The Word is our all-sufficient authority. If I can't find it in here, I don't need it. Come on, let me say that again. If I can't find it in here, I don't need it. Amen. So fall in love with your Bible. I want to talk to you today. I'm going to share with you a message Titled Grace in Transition. Grace in Transition. And we're going to turn to two different openings this morning. We're going to turn to Revelation chapter 12, and we're going to turn to Galatians chapter 6. I liked Sean's detour in the offering this morning. Because it, it goes right along with what I'm going to talk to you about today. And we didn't talk about that. We didn't plan that. We're not that smart. The Holy Spirit is much smarter than we are. And His plans are perfect. Amen? While you're turning to Revelation 12 and Galatians 6, let's make our confession of faith together that we like to make around here. You can read it up on the screen. Let's declare it aloud together. Say it. Thank you, Father, that today the eyes of my heart see you, the ears of my heart hear you, my heart and mind perceive and understand your word and your will. Today I am growing in the things of God. We believe that we're growing In the things of God. Allow me to pray, if you would. Father in heaven, we thank you today that the entrance of your word does bring light. We thank you that the entrance of your word illuminates the reality of the world around us, it causes us to see things the way they really are. We thank you that this morning the entrance of your word brings light and it makes wise the simple. It takes the simplicity of our mind and it brings us up to where your word can speak to us. So we thank you this day for these things. We ask for clarity and for wisdom and revelation from the word and we thank you for it in the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Now, I wanna talk to you about a subject that I'm entitling, Grace in Transition. As a church... We are in the midst of a transition. We've been talking about it for months. We are right on the doorstep of transitioning out of this building and into a new building. With the new building is going to come opportunity for us that we didn't have before. A much larger space, a much prettier space. A lot more opportunity. Our influence is going to grow. Our church is going to grow. Our effectiveness in the community is going to grow. This transition is nothing if it's not an opportunity. It's a huge opportunity. And don't think the devil doesn't know that. Don't think the devil doesn't know that. Just like Sean was saying in his offering detour this morning. It was really good, man. Just like he was saying, the devil will attack you, and he'll always attack something different than what you think he's going to attack. So you're not, you know, he's, he's attacking something and maybe we don't recognize the thing that he's coming after. Maybe it just seems like a coincidence to us. But as we as a church are entering into this transition, there is pressure on us as a people. And I've been observing it now for about the past month. It's one of the things that I love is that as I'm growing as a preacher... God starts to point things out to me a little bit differently. I I see things now that I didn't see before, and that's kind of fun. But I've been watching different attacks, different issues, different things that have been coming up and attacking our church, and I want you to know, if you've been feeling pressure, there's a reason. It's because you're part of a people that's moving forward, and we're getting ready to go through a transition, and transition is when pressure gets added. So I want to talk to you about... Grace in transition this morning. And I'd like for us to first read Galatians six, Galatians six, verses seven through nine. And then we're gonna read Revelation 12, Revelation 12, and you're gonna go, what the heck do those two scriptures have to do with each other? But let's start with Galatians chapter six, verse seven says do not be deceived. God is not mocked. Or in other words God cannot be tricked. Whatever a man sows that will he also reap. He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Everybody say, don't get tired. tired. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season, we shall reap if we do not lose heart. I like the way that King James renders that verse. In due season, we shall reap if we faint not. Sometimes the Old English just... Drives it home. There it is on the screen. If we faint not. Now turn to Revelation 12. I'm going to read verses 1 through 6. And again, this may not make sense at the very beginning, but you'll see how it comes together here in a moment. Revelation 12. You know, I I said it wrong earlier. I said Revelations 12. Did you ever hear people call this Revelations It's not called Revelations. The title of the book is actually The Revelation of Jesus Christ because this book is is not merely a book about the end of time. It's a revelation of Jesus as the supreme master and commander of the universe for all of eternity. If you ever wanted to know whether Jesus is a winner, go read the book of Revelation because that's what it's all about. Revelation 12, beginning in verse 1. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, A woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. And being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in the heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head's. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as she was born She bore a male child who was to rule all nations excuse me to rule all nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up to God in his throne and then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. What in the world does that have to do with Galatians 6? You'll see here in just a moment. John is expressing in Revelation chapter 12 what he is witnessing, which is a prophetic event. And this is happening outside of time. It's one of the things that I want us to understand Before we dig into the meat of this passage, let me just preface it with this idea. John is looking into a prophetic event. And John himself, the Bible says at the beginning of of the book of Revelation, John is caught away in the spirit. He says, I heard a voice saying to me, come up hither. And so he's caught away from his body. This is an out-of-body visionary experience that John is having. And he's seeing all this amazing stuff, and he's viewing it outside of time and space and history. He is standing in eternity viewing this prophetic picture. And he sees this very, well, he sees a lot of interesting things. If you ever read the book of Revelation, it's, it's like Lord of the Rings. It's, I mean, it's like, it's wild. There's just all kinds of stuff in it. And this is one of those moments that... that um, Most commentaries and most scholars and theologians and stuff and people that read the Bible more than you and me, one of the things that they all kind of agree on is that in this portion of Revelation, John is actually seeing something happening in the present tense. He wasn't actually looking at the past and he wasn't looking at the future. Some of these things in Revelation are future events. Some of them represent past events and then some of them represent present events. So here he is standing outside of time seeing this prophetic experience and it's relative to the church. I was reading Matthew Henry's commentary on this and he said that the woman in chapter 12 is none other than the bride of Christ. Most theologians agree that this is the bride of Christ. This is the church represented by this woman. And here she is in this vision, giving birth. It's a prophetic picture of the church birthing the plan and the purpose of God into the earth. As the church of the Lord Jesus... We have a kingdom responsibility to allow God to seed our hearts with vision and then bear that vision out in our lives. Like a woman takes a child to full term and then brings that child into the world. We have a responsibility to take the things that the Lord shows us as the church and take those things full term and bear them out and walk them out in our lives. Are you following me so far? It's, a, it's, it's kind of common language that's used in our charismatic circles. Talking about, you know, I'm pregnant with vision. I'm pregnant with something from God. I'm pre- God's deposited something on the inside of me. And now I need to give birth to that thing. Have you heard that kind of thing spoken of before? God seeds our heart with vision and it's our job to carry that vision to full term and birth it out. So what we're seeing in Revelation chapter 12, I believe... Consistent with the things I've read and my study is that we're seeing a picture, a prophetic picture of the church bringing to pass the will of God in the earth. And notice something strange, something peculiar that happens when the church is bringing something forth to pass. There's a dragon that shows up that's hanging out right by the lady waiting to devour the thing that she's giving birth to. There's three points, three things that I want you to notice in this passage. Three points that I want to make. Number one, the pain of labor. Number two, the position of the serpent. And number three, the preparation of God. I did them in P words so that you would remember that. Number one, the pain of labor. Number two, the position of the serpent. And number three, the preparation of God. Let's Read back down through here and you'll see what I mean. It says, There was a sign appearing in heaven, verse 1 of chapter 12 again, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and in her head was a garland of 12 stars. Verse 2, stop here. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. Remember the title of my message is Grace in Transition. Here is a woman... Representing the church, getting ready to give birth to something, and lo and behold, she has labor pains. She has travailing. The first thing I want you to notice about birthing something into the Spirit is that it comes with pain and it comes with pressure. The word here for pain in the Greek is the word basanizo, and it is, it's really interesting, this word It was a stone that was used to test the purity of gold or silver. So when you see this word pain, she cried out in labor and in pain. When you see that word pain, it's the word basanizo, and it is a stone that was used to test the purity of gold by rubbing the gold on the stone and seeing what happened to the gold. So here, if they wanted to test a precious metal, Like gold, they would rub that gold on this stone and create friction. And when they created friction, they would find out what was in the gold. It's wild. If you and I, as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, if you and I as individuals, if you and I as High Country Christian Church are going to bring something forth as we step through this period of transition that we're in, if we're going to bear a child, so to speak, if we're going to bring this vision out, we are going to be tested. There's going to be some pressure. Now, I'm not here to exalt the pressure. I'm just here to let you know that it's there and it exists. Some of you may be feeling pressure in your life. Anybody feel pressure lately? Yeah? Anybody feel like you got some challenges going on? <laughs> like Free and Willer are at the back, they just had a baby. They're like, yeah, we felt some pressure. Yeah, praise God. <laughs> it's awesome. Love you guys. As we bring forth the vision that God has put in our In our hands, and as we go through this season of transition, it's doubtless going to come with pressure. And the Bible gives us a wonderful answer to how we deal with pressure, but look first at the fact that this pressure, this pain, is a a test of the purity of what is inside of us. The the Friction that gets created when a mother is bringing forth a child into this world is a very testing time. You mothers in here are like, yeah, amen. Sure is. In fact, I I got to witness this with each one of my three girls when they were born. I was in the operating or not the operating room. I was in the delivery room for each one of those moments, and it was intense. And there's this moment, there's, there's I was looking at the, the, uh, the medical information again this week as I was preparing for this message, there's all these different phases of labor, and you ladies are already smiling because you already know where I'm going with this. There's these phases of labor, and as you get closer to the baby coming out, the last and final phase before the baby is born is called Transition. Isn't that amazing? Right before the baby's born, the pushing part, the hardest part, the part where the pressure's the greatest, the part where the pain feels the most, the part where you're tested to the absolute limit, moms, to bring this baby into this world is called transition. It's not comfortable, but it's necessary for the baby to be born. We don't have time to go there, but Jesus, you can look at it later. Jesus says in Luke chapter 16, right around verse 21, He says that when the woman goes into labor, she travails and she cries out, but when she sees the baby born, she forgets the pain of childbirth because she's so overjoyed with what was born. She's so overjoyed to see this new baby and to hold it in her hands. As we, as a church, move forward into the destiny that God has for us and for our community, as we step into this new building, as we step into a new phase, we've been planting seed, we've been faithful, we've had our hand to the plow, we've been doing what God has told us to do, we've been faithful in what is our part to do, and we're stepping into a new season and a new time, and we're in the transition right now. We're pushing the baby out now, and the pressure is a little intense. Number one, I want you to see in this passage the pain and the pressure of labor. Number two, I want you to see the position of the dragon. Another sign appeared, verse 3, you can keep going. Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads. I don't know why I think of Chinese food when I read this, but... uh, (laughs) Another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great and fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. I guess that's how I feel after I eat Chinese food is all of that chaos. And he, with his tail, verse 4, praise God, with his tail, he drew a third of the stars out of heaven and he threw them down to the earth. And the dragon, watch this, the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Where did the devil position himself? Now, obviously, you know this is the devil, right? If you go read down further in the chapter, we don't have time. It specifically identifies this dragon as the devil. Where is the devil hanging out? He's hanging out right by the woman just waiting for the baby to come out. He wants to get his hands on the baby right away. So it's interesting to me that the process of bringing vision into this world, the process of this transition, this pushing, this moving forward in the things of God, the process of that already causes some frustration, already comes with pressure. It already is tougher because we're just about to crest the hill and go where we need to go. And then it seems like, as an added insult to injury, the devil shows up. And what is he doing? He's getting extra close getting extra close. Why? So that he can take advantage of the pressure. The devil wants to take advantage of the pressure that you experience. Some of you are walking through challenging seasons of your life right now. Don't think it's strange. Blame it on the church if you need to. I mean, my goodness. We're getting getting ready to walk into something new. And I'll tell you what the devil does. He hangs out right next to you, just trying, just trying to take advantage of the pressure that you're under. And how does he do it? He does it with a thousand different ways, with discouragement, offense, frustration, frustration. Seeing things that, that, that don't really exist. He, gives, he, he puts deception out in front of you. Worry. Worry's a big one. Worry when you get into a time of transition. What's he trying to do? He's trying to take advantage of the fact that there's already pressure on your life and see if he can insert a little bit of worry. See if he can insert a little bit of offense. See if he can insert a little bit of hurt into the situation so that he can take advantage of the pressure that you're already under. Is this helping you this morning? Notice, number one, the pain of labor. Number two, the position of the dragon. He has moved in close so that he can try to take advantage of the pressure. Why does he want to do this? I believe it was Kathy, somebody over here said it earlier. It's because he wants to snatch the baby when the baby's born. It's because this is the time when both the mother and the child are at their most vulnerable. That moment of transition, that moment of bringing the baby into the world... The last few seconds in the incubator and it's coming out and it's going to taste fresh air for the first time. That moment of transition. The devil's close by wanting to take advantage of the pressure you're under and wanting to snatch the baby because the mother and the baby are both at their most vulnerable point right then. You see, as we move forward in the things God has called us to, I hope you understand the significance of this message this morning. As we move into the the place God has called us to in the next couple weeks, as we do that, and as the pressure has ramped up, we're getting ready to step into victory. We're getting ready to step into a new season of time, a season of growth, a season of power, a season of change, a season of advancement, a season where things we've been believing for for the past five years are going to come to pass. We've been sowing faithfully, 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 faith, back behind where nobody's looking. And all of a sudden, God can advance us forward, but it comes with a little bit of pressure and it comes with a little bit of frustration and the enemy's close by to try to kill the thing before it has a chance to take off. Cuz that's the way it works. So when we're in our moment of pressure and when we feel like we're at our most vulnerable point and the vision of God that he gave us is at its most vulnerable point, is always the moment of breakthrough. That's the last time you want to give up. When the pushing gets the hardest is when you know that you're just on the other side of the breakthrough. You're just about to crest the hill and go where God wants you to go. The moment right before the breakthrough is always the most difficult moment. The Bible says, weeping endures for the night, but joy comes in the morning. The darkest hour is right before the dawn. Amen. Last thing I want you to see is how God is not taken by surprise by any of this. Verse 5 says, she bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Boy, doesn't that sound like the kingdom? Doesn't that sound like the church bringing, birthing out kingdom realities into the world? And the woman, watch this, verse 6, then the woman fled to the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. The first thing you were to see was the pressure and the pain that comes with labor. It's not easy to do the work of the ministry. Did you know that? It's not easy to, to do real kingdom business. It, it, it costs you something. If you don't think ministry costs you something, you've never done it. Amen. Amen. Too many times we get, you know, we just want to talk about the cost too much. No, the, the point is not the cost. That should be an afterthought. But it costs you something to do ministry. It costs you something to be God's advocate in the earth. It costs us something to be his ambassador in the earth. Amen. So there's a pain in labor, there's always a pressure that comes with walking in the things of God. And the serpent is always there, the dragon's always there waiting. To grab a hold of the child. But amidst all of that, God is not surprised. For God has prepared a place for this woman. And as soon as the child is born, she is carried away into this resting place in the wilderness. The title of my message, again, is Grace in Transition. We're in a moment of transition. We're in a moment where the battle feels tough. But there's grace. There's grace because God's prepared a place for us. He's not caught off guard. You might be, I might be caught off guard. Lord, why are these battles happening? Why is this? Why is there seems to be chaos in my life? What's going on? Don't worry. You're in transition. You're in transition. God always has a place prepared to nurture and care for His church as we produce and birth His vision into the earth. Let me say that again. God always has a place prepared to nourish, nurture, and care for His church As we produce and birth his vision into the earth. This is where we are right now as a church. We've been sowing seed, we've been faithful. Y'all keep coming here every week. And I know sometimes it gets a little tough. And I know right before the moment of us stepping into where we're supposed to go, it feels like there's pressure. It feels like there's challenge. It feels like maybe the devil's right on your doorstep waiting to munch up the baby so that it doesn't get a chance to grow. But the reality is God sees all of that, and he made a place for us. It's called grace. Just relate to you all this morning. Good, because it totally relates to me. Maybe you haven't felt the pressure, but I have. So what do you do when the pressure gets going? What do you do when you're in transition? What do you do when you feel like the enemy's right there, ready to devour the baby? What do you do when you feel like God's created a place of, of sustaining for me, but it feels like it's miles away in the wilderness? What do you do? You turn to Galatians 6. That's what you do. You turn to Galatians 6.9 and you pray this over your life and you declare it in your home and you speak this over your family. Let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart let us not grow weary. listen when you you mothers that have given birth know this to be true when you are in the moment of transition you are feeling weary and all you want to do is get it over with I just want to be done I want to quit I'm ready to be done but that's not the time to quit why because she's almost here she's almost here Maybe I can see the head. Maybe that's what I should have named my message this morning. Maybe I can see the head. Huh? Sorry, just checking to see if you're awake still, that's all. You're right there. You're in the moment where the pressure is the most intense. You're in the transition time, and it doesn't feel like it's ever going to end, but you are right there just about to crest the hill and step into the thing that God has been preparing for you. What do you do when the pressure's on? What do you do? You don't get tired. You don't get weary while doing good. Why? Why, Paul? Why would you say such a thing to the Galatians why would you tell him not to get tired? Because, he says the most amazing phrase, in due season we shall reap if we don't faint. In due season we shall reap if we don't faint. The words due season are so substantial. They're so significant in this verse. The word due is the word which means the appropriate, perfect, exact moment of time. The word season is the word time, and it's not, there's two words for time in the Greek. This is the word which, it's the word kairos, and it it means a specific, special moment It's a moment before ordained from the foundation of the world. It's a moment that God set aside and said, this is going to be a moment of significance. This is going to be the moment that they step into what they've been birthing out. This is going to be the moment where all the pressure pays off. This is going to be the singular moment when everything they've been sowing towards, everything they've been believing for, everything that they've been desiring is going to come to pass and they're gonna step into it. Man, I hope this means something to you this morning, because boy, it sure means something to me. I've been sowing 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 and sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing and sowing, and I'm ready to reap something. I hope you are too. I'm not playing around. The moment of transition is the moment when the pressure's on the most, but it's the absolute moment when you can't quit. It's the absolute moment when you gotta double down and push the baby out. Amen. It's like Sean was saying during the offering don't, don't let go of prayer. Oh, for heaven's sake, it's the pressure moment. Don't lay off a prayer. Don't stop reading the Bible. Don't stop investing time in the things of the kingdom. Now's the moment to, to press forward. Now's the moment when it's that last little bit of climbing where you get to the top of the hill and it's going to be downhill here in just a second. Don't get tired. Don't get weary. There's a due season coming. There is there's an, an absolute moment that's coming that God before ordained, that he handpicked to be the moment of breakthrough and the moment of victory in your life. Don't give up when you're right around the corner from it. Because you will reap a harvest if you don't faint. You will reap a harvest if you don't loosen and relax your courage. Don't give up. Stick with it. God's purpose will prevail. There's grace in the transition. It's something amazing that happens when we choose not to give up. Did you ever ever do something really strenuous and you felt like you're right on the brink where you wanted to quit, you wanted to give up, you wanted to stop, and then you caught something? What'd you catch? Second wind. Anybody ever catch a second wind? I was, in the, I was in the delivery room for every one of my children being born. And my wife caught a second wind every time. It's tired. It's tired. Been pushing. Been pushing. Especially Abigail. She took the longest. She still takes the most pushing, too. <laughs> She took the longest. Brian was the most tired with Abigail that she was with any of us. But there was a moment in transition when she got a second wind and she said, I'm getting this baby out. <laughs> and she came out. And then, then we got to the joy part. That's when we got to the joy part. Oh, the pushing's not fun, man. The pressure's on. But if you'll let grace come behind you and give you a second wind, if you'll let God nudge you, if you'll let grace come behind you and give you the extra little push that you need to get over, then you hit your downhill stride and you hold the baby and there's joy and you can't even remember the pressure anymore. You can't even remember what transition felt like anymore because you say, oh, it was so worth it. It was so worth it. Look where we came to. Look where we came to. Oh, man, it was so uncomfortable in that moment. It was so challenging. It was so frustrating. Everything in my life seemed to be going wrong. I was getting offended by all the littlest, tiniest things, stuff that normally wouldn't bother me. Oh, I was in strife with my spouse. Oh, I was in frustrated with my kids. Stuff on the job. just I don't know why. It didn't make any sense to me. Things just weren't going right. I felt like I was just trying to grab every, you know, grasp at every straw just to keep things together. You're in transition. You're just feeling the pressure, that's all. But don't give up. Because that's always a sign that you're just around the corner from the joy. You're just around the corner from holding what you've been carrying for so long. When you let grace come, God does what only God can do. And you can rest your way into the joy on the other side. And like Jesus said in Luke 16, you'll forget all about the labor. I'm telling you guys, you may think I'm crazy. There's coming a day when we're going to stand up in that building and we're going to see it filled with a bunch of unsaved people. And the altar's going to be filled with people giving their hearts to Jesus. And in that moment, I'm going to wrap my arms around the thing I've been waiting for. We're going to hold and we're going to see, like, like a new mother holding on to a baby, we're going to have joy as we see people come to the cross, as we see people get healed as we see children come to Jesus, as we see families delivered and turned around, we're going to watch this happen. You mark my words. We're going to watch it happen. How do I know? Because I'm in transition. I'm pushing a baby out. You pushing with me? You pushing with me? Are we going to let grace come and just give us that extra nudge, get us over the hump, get us through the transition and into the joy? I bet you never read the book of Revelation and saw yourself in it before. Sure, there's pressure. Sure, there's a devil. But The point is, greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. The vision that I'm contending for, that you're contending for, is more valuable than whatever the pain it costs us than whatever the pressure looks like. We have a vision to hold on to. We have a promise from God. And we're just about there. We've been sowing. Sowing, sowing, sowing. Not just financially. Sowing of time, emotions, energy, effort. All kinds of different resources. And we're going to reap. We're about to reap because we're not going to faint. We're not going to get to the right to the edge of the breakthrough and go, I give up. No, we're made of sterner stuff than that. Amen? Amen? Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. There's too much grace backing me. There's too much grace behind me, pushing me forward for me to quit. So when the devil comes to you this week and tries to push on your flesh, and tries to put you in an uncomfortable situation, just know, just recognize why he's there. Recognize that you're in transition. When offense tries to rear its ugly head, when when strife tries to come up, and tries to take advantage of the pressure, just know you're pushing a baby out. You're almost there. Don't quit. Don't be weary in well-doing. Because you'll, in due season, you'll see what you've been contending for. We hope that this message inspired you and filled your heart with faith. If you would like to visit our church, check out www.highcountrychristian.com for service times and location information. Thanks again for listening to this audio presentation from High Country Christian Church, where Jesus loves you, we love you, and your life counts.